Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Hello and welcome to Navigating the Modern World. I am your host, Kimberly Johnson. I'm a mindset shifter, a peace warrior, and a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching in the Denver, Colorado area. I am so extremely excited about today's episode. I have two of my wonderful friends here joining me. I have Xavier and I have Silas. Hello. Hey. (laughs) And we're going to just open up this space for spiritual talk. Um, we do kind of have a theme. The theme is kind of like this, the way that we inner critic ourselves and the way that we are in the world thinking that we're either good or bad. And this was like kind of based on a story that I read. I just read the story by C.S. Lewis, Tell We Have Faces. And it was very inspiring to me and also very confronting and triggering. And so I was asking my friends about it, talking about it. And so we just thought it would be really fun to sit and have a cool conversation. So here we are. And they're going to start with a tale, a sweet little story for you. Can we start over again? Yeah. Yeah. I, um... Yeah. Okay, so um, the Irish New Year, uh, November 1st marks the end of summer and the beginning of winter. And it's called Samhain, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And that morning I woke up and I sat um, in meditation like I usually do um, to recenter myself and to begin the day light. And an inspiration came to me to write a Samhain prayer for what I would like to see in the coming year. Um, and it flowed out of me. I posted it on Facebook. Um, I got up and I went over to my buddy Silas's house. I went for a little walk. Um, I found a hat on the ground, this crosswalk on the way over. We live like a few blocks away from each other. Um, and I picked it up. I put it in my bag. I didn't really think much about it. This exact spot where I picked up this hat. I went over to his house. We talked, hung out for an hour. Had a wonderful time. And on my way back, I was crossing that same crosswalk and I saw a man in jogging pants and a t-shirt and um, he had his head down, he was streaming tears and um, I was watching him and people were walking by him as if he didn't exist and uh, I just kept my eye on him because I was really concerned he was going to do something Um, and I crossed the street and as I crossed the street I stopped and turned to look at him and he stepped out of his slippers and slowly started to step into the street on a green light. Hmm. Um, and so I crossed back over the street and I, I asked him if he was okay. And he turned with his head down, his tears were falling. He looked up at me, the most like, the deepest hell I've ever seen in somebody's eyes. He said, there's too much pain in the world and I can't handle it. Hmm. And I, held him and I told him he wasn't alone um, in that I gave him my phone number and we were going to meet up and have coffee his name was Sam on Sam Hain holiday hmm. um, and Sam the root Sam 
in Sanskrit and in Irish means together. Mm-hmm. S-A-M. And so that was just a really strange connection. That's really beautiful. Yeah, and for some reason I picked up the hat on the way over in the same exact spot. Wow. Um, anyway. Wow. Yeah, that might have been his hat, right? I don't know. You're not sure? But yeah, the whole mm-hmm. the whole Sam thing. Right. Did you Sam. end up having coffee with him? Um, I gave him my phone number. He hasn't called. Okay. So I'm waiting on that. But, um, yeah. It was just a really... I watched him go from that level of complete isolation and suicidal despair yeah. to um, he was with me within a minute and a half, and then he picked up his his um, slippers and he, and he walked off, and he said he was going to call me soon. Wow. So it was beautiful. Wow. Okay, so what's the Irish holiday we say it again? Samhain. 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 S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Wow. Hmm. The root Sam being together. Wow. So when people would come together at the end of the summer and discuss the previous year, dreams for the coming year, hmm. and um, basically share in spirit, stories, songs, stuff like that. So, wow. Anyway. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Yeah. And so Xavier actually gave me a call uh, right after that happened. Um, and while he was uh, doing this interaction, uh, Xavier had mentioned that, you know, he had meditated before coming over to see me, and I realized I hadn't meditated yet for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he was doing that interaction, uh, his influence made me meditate during that time, and I was sending Xavier um, just love and energy and all of the world as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of sending uh, towards Xavier, and I feel um, that we kind of had a spark off of each other and we always kind of feel that when we hang out really um and to continue that spark <clears throat> uh, was saturday night after an event i was hanging out with uh, at a friend's place and walked to the bus stop i was done you know f- hanging out with everyone and i was really excited to listen uh, to music on my way home and just relax and listen to some new records I've been wanting to check out. Um, so, yeah, I was just uh, hanging at the bus stop and listening to music, and a uh, distressed girl comes up to me, and uh, she has, you know, makeup smeared on her face, and uh, she asks for money, like she makes me take out my earbuds and uh, ask for money, and she asked for a couple dollar bills, and I just had uh, literally the couple dollar bills for my bus fare. Um, as far as single bills, like dollar bills, but I did have a 20 in my pocket. Um, and that thought went through my mind of I could give her this 20, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have a means to get more money. Um, so I didn't offer the 20. Um, her reaction was to, um, you know, get kind of angry and irritated. And she immediately uh, ran across the street without looking. Uh, towards traffic in any way and she almost gets hit and that's when uh, I realized I need to <laughs> change my approach and like actually be there and help as much as I can even though her her reaction is what would have been her demise in that moment um, I would have still felt you know I sparked that reaction even though that is her will or choice yeah. um, so that was my little wake up in that moment where I just realized I need to be present just in case someone needs um, some help. Um, so there's a couple more people hanging out at the bus stop, and uh, 
it's just like a guy and a girl and the guy was listening to music too and like dancing for the girl and you know they're kind of just enjoying themselves I don't think they really knew each other but you know they're they seemed all right um but as soon as it was probably 15 20 seconds after uh the girl almost got hit running uh away um another character comes up it's a homeless guy and he is very uh conflicted within um he keeps saying stuff like i try to be a nice guy but i'll choke someone and that he would literally uh, just keep saying that as he was just walking around sporadically Mm -hmm. um you could just tell he was battling that tight cycle of thought um and you know i I was just kind of watching him to make sure he's not going to mess with the other people and that he, you know, isn't going to do anything to himself. Um, he scared the other people and they started to walk away. They went to the further south, like the bus stop further south. Um, so I stayed there. And this gentleman, he's probably mid-60s, I would say. Uh, he does like a full circle around me, not really uh, noticing me, uh, but... I was paying attention to him, and as he got close to the street, I could tell he may have a subtle intention to uh, jump in front of a vehicle as well. Um, so that's when I started to approach him. I waited till he engaged me uh, by like looking my way, um, and I asked him, like, hey man, how's it going? Uh, seem like you're irritated, and I know it always helps me if I vent to someone else. Um, to release that thought, you know, to a stranger especially. Um, And he was like, I I appreciate it, man, uh, but I'm really not feeling it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I just want to let you know, like, I'm here if you just want to talk and, you know, get get some thoughts out, whatever. Um, And a few seconds go by, and he's like, you know, I appreciate it, man, but I'm just not feeling it. Um, So I, you know, get back to my space and let him be. about five minutes goes by and he's still kind of a distance away and he kind of talks towards me again to like engage me again so I go closer and he finally gets past that cycle of I try to be nice and but I'll choke someone Um, and he starts to talk about the cloud um, that he battles every day and it's uh, he called it a cloud of depression and he's not you know speaking like I am now he it takes him about three to four minutes to say that he's battling a cloud um, of depression. And pretty much he's realizing <clears throat> within himself that obviously he's wanting to be a nice person, but there's so much has happened to him. He does bad actions because he has to protect himself being a, a homeless guy. Um, so I'm, I'm really not trying to interject my thoughts into what he's saying. I'm just letting him speak and be heard. Um, And he finally keeps getting deeper into his story, and he tells me that his whole family within the past three or four years has passed away. And uh, he said his son, his wife, and his mother, um, which were the only ones he was close to. And um, it seemed to be that uh, they may have been killed by someone around him. Um, and I think that's kind of what he was relate, relating as he stuck on that, the, that moment. He was nice to someone. They ended up killing um, one of his family members. And 
I believe he may have ended up choking them uh, to death, potentially, because he was, he couldn't forgive himself for, you know, choke, choking someone, you know, but that was the loop he's in. Um, so I just, you know, accepted that, you know, he may have had to make that choice to resolve whatever the situation may have been and told him, you know, I don't judge him, I understand sometimes um, in like quotation, tough love has to happen uh, for you to feel like something has been uh, said or a uh, lesson has been taught, you know. Um, it's not the right choice by any means to, you know, kill someone, uh, but he made that choice and that's okay. He's forgiven for it. Um, so he uh, basically gets to that point and I, you know, tell him I relate, you know, I'm in pain too. I've, you know, lost family members so I can relate on that level. But, um, you know, he just, he feels like, at that moment, once he shared that darkness, uh, I could tell that was when he started to shift to the other side and getting out of that um, that little tight cycle of I try to be nice, but I'll choke someone. Um, so that's you know when I offered a hug, um, and he shut off again, and he said, "I appreciate it, man, but I'm just not feeling it." Um, and that's finally when the bus pulled up. Uh, he didn't notice, but there's another uh, elderly woman that had come up, and so I was like, yeah, that's that's all right, we don't have to hug, but let's let the lady get on first. And that's when uh, he finally, like, he realized, okay, there's a lady, and he got out of the way, and he looked at me, and that's when he opened up to the hug, finally. Mm. And so we hugged each other. Wow. Um, and uh, we get on the bus, I get on after the lady, and I realized I actually don't have enough fare for the bus. And uh, he, he, he has like, do you need some change? I got some change. And he pulls out a bunch of pennies and there's two dimes in there. I needed like a quarter, 25 cents. Mm -hmm. He didn't quite have enough um, silver coin on, in that pocket. So he pulls out another one. There's a few um, nickels and a penny. So he gives the money for me to get on. Um, I get my ticket, I start to find my seat, and uh, of course he doesn't have any money. Um, so the bus driver, you know, sees what happens and he just waves him on, nods him onto the bus. Um, and so we just had that moment of super, like gratitude towards each other where we uh, helped each other out. Like I just listened to him. It's really not that hard. You just in his situation, it was aggressive, you know, and that's why probably had, he hasn't been listened to for a while. But just taking the time to let him get through to that deeper thought to tell someone, I think, is yeah, to encourage all somebody he needed. with enough space right. inside of them to receive him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we ride on the bus, talk some more. Um, he's starting to get towards positive thoughts now. Uh, at least with me a little bit, you know, every once in a while he kind of goes back to, I'll try to be nice, I try to be nice, uh, but he doesn't say the choking part anymore. Yeah. Um, so we get to uh, the next station where I need to switch buses. I get off and, you know, tell him thanks again. And 
he finally introduces himself as MD, and I introduce myself, and we part ways. Um, at this point, I put my hood up. Um, I get off the bus. I see my bus coming, um, but for some reason, it actually doesn't stop at the stop, so I have to wait on the next one. Um, so it's another 15 minutes. Uh, nothing happens. I get on the bus, but I realize MD gets on the same bus as well, but he doesn't recognize me because my hood's up. So at this point, I'm anonymous, um, and I'm just listening to his interaction with others now. And it is so like positive. There's hardly any stuttering. Wow. He's actually helping these people figure out things to do in the city. Um, it's yeah. It was a complete transmutation of his tight thought cycle into letting his light come through and actually being able to help others. It's beautiful. You got to experience. Yeah, shift. it really reminded me of your one of your recent podcasts of I think it was a quote of teasing burrs out of someone's mind. Yeah. And so that's another like correlation that I felt of that's all I was doing is like taking the time with another to <clears throat> tease that thought that thought cycle I guess out of their mind and let them just speak it you know yeah but, mm. yeah and it was all kind of just inspired by not keeping yourself closed off to others that need help or just need to be heard you know so Xavier's thing had happened before right and then you shared mm-hmm and that yeah. I was like a little boy. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Sam Hain. <laughs> and then it affected how you showed up. Right, for that. For that, that interaction. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, whoa, there's so much, so many places I want to go with this. Um, because, okay, so I still relate with the story because I, I too kind of like, like I so understand what that guy is talking about and I understand what the guy in the street is talking about like the de the depression and the like I try to be nice and I choke someone mm -hmm. and my version is different right like I'm not walking around choking people or I haven't killed anyone but mm -hmm. definitely doing my own version and it's interesting cuz I am curious like is this the human condition like do we all, because I believe, you know, something I say all the time is like, we're whole humans. We experience the totality of like everything, the good, the bad, the dark, the light, whatever you want to call it. And so like, and one of um, a really amazing book that I have, it's called Prometheus Rising. One of the exercises in it is to act like Hitler and like plan world domination. And the point of it is to allow humans to realize that we have it within us mm -hmm. to do the same things as these other people. And so it's like interesting because especially because of the book, the C.S. Lewis book, like one of the things they say in that is like some people are just born into the world almost with like a destiny of mm -hmm. sorts where their job is to Shake things do up. these things. Yeah. yeah, that are quote unquote bad or not good things in the world. It's necessary for evolution. Yeah, or something. Carl it doesn't. Jung, Carl Jung said you can't. Um, that there's no co coming to consciousness without suffering. Right. And that a tremendous amount of suffering is going to have to happen for us to evolve. And so there are mm -hmm. people that are that are destined to be born into this world as those um, negative catalysts, as we would call it, see them as you know. Mm. Right. So, so yeah, suffering uh, is the 
is the breaking of the shell that encloses all understanding. Mm. Another something I don't know where that came from. <laughs> from somewhere. So I would yeah, fears actually one of the greatest teachers and very wise beings know of this and they utilize it even um, at their higher level they are benevolent but they'll use tough love every once in a while or allow a situation to happen um, for a lesson to be learned or suffering to happen so that you know something can flower out from that catalyst Mm -hmm. and it's up to all of us how we react to that catalyst and that's where a big portion I would say of your will lies is your reaction to um, the fear or the catalyst that comes that causes fear that that's a that's kind of like your soul sensing something is being spoken to you right here so you can listen and accept it or you can it's fine to cower away from it if you're not quite ready to face whatever that lesson is but it's okay. there to speak to you at that moment. You shouldn't feel bad about yourself for not wanting to face a fear because maybe yeah. you don't have the capacity yet to, right. um, mm. to uh, embody it. Yeah. yeah. And that's always acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me also of like, so you guys both, and like Xavier, you first, like, I'm curious, like, what had you stop? Besides, like, you know, it's like we as human beings, I think we probably pass a lot of human beings that are suffering on a day to day basis. It's not that outwardly. Yeah, that maybe isn't that outwardly. And, like, what had you in that moment, like, stop? Was it something spoken within you? Was it, like, his outward, like, how he was being outwardly? Like, what had you? Just love. Just love. I don't know. It was just a... It wasn't a thought. It wasn't anything. It was just... I just love to help people. Mm -hmm. It feels so good to to help people feel better, Mm. you know? Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And it really worked. I've never seen a, I've never seen an energetic shift within 90 seconds of that dramatic. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. He went from, like, he wasn't even present at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he was existing in a completely other realm. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even, there was no one home. His eyes were blood red. He was pouring tears. And then I watched him go from that to taking my phone number and wiping his eyes and conversing with me. Mm-hmm. Picked up his slippers and walked away and the fact that his name was Sam and Sam Hain holiday is mm. so strange mm. beautiful connection yeah you know especially because I wrote that poem that morning yeah um, yes yeah, yeah it's all good connections it's I don't know it took me like three four days to actually see that his name was Sam and why that was a big deal mm. and um, I don't know that I'll ever see him again I don't know that's important yeah um, but he uh, I was there when he needed me yeah. And it had nothing to do with me. I felt like, I didn't feel like I was really doing anything at all. I just felt like I was just there observing. Yeah. Um, and that my presence did everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot about, so I see a lot of people, you know, I don't, I try not to drive as much as possible. So I'm, I walk around Denver a lot mm-hmm. and I, I encounter a lot of people that are either like homeless or asking for something they need or um, or distraught of some sort. And it's interesting because I'm constantly like curious about why I'm pulled to help some people and why I'm not pulled to help others. Mm-hmm. And I used to judge myself about it. Like of like, oh, am I judging them? Or like, 
what makes me help this person but makes me not want to help this person and i can like really logically look at it and i can like pinpoint certain reasons that like oh i felt this way so i helped this person or oh it just so happened that i had food on me so i mm -hmm. gave it to this person or or this person i see all the time and they're like a happy homeless person so like i wanted to give to them like their joy brings me joy and like so i'm just curious like what does like what are you guys think what does like draw us in was it because you were present and so in your presence you were able to actually see another human being definitely yeah <laughs> do, do, do you think maybe when you don't help people it's because you sense impurity in them you sense um and then in those you don't you sense purity you feel them you feel like you could help them like, i don't know like connection so it's like, it goes both ways. It's like, sometimes I just don't have anything mm -hmm. to give. Sure. Like, I don't even have cash. I don't have anything. Um, I could I could give of my time, and I usually do. I usually always engage. That's like something that I've been really practicing is like, most of these people, like even when I, when I ask them, like, what do you really want? They just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. totally. You know, it's sure. like, yeah, neither of you gave them anything. Right. Except for your presence. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and maybe that's all you need. Right. Yeah, right? Presence is, uh, I don't think we realize what it does to what's to inside of us. Yeah. Like, when I, when I engaged with him, something in me opened. Mm -hmm. Something in me, I inherited something that yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. Something in me changed. Um, and it, it was as if it was just me helping myself out. Mm -hmm. Or me doing something for myself. Everything I give, it's just like something in me wakes up. Um, another door to the kingdom within me mm. um, so yeah it's really nice and it doesn't so it really ta it changes the whole way I view giving material or presence or time or anything yeah. yeah because I feel it's such an abundance that wakes up in me every time that I engage and give without any expectation of receiving something in return yeah it's just yeah. it's the universe is a free constant flow and exchange of energy and we should stop constricting it to credit and debt mm -hmm. mindset, fear-based. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. just let's just intertwine and give and receive freely. You know. Mm. That's, a, That's feels, so beautiful. Feels really right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I experience that too. Of like, when we give, we actually like we. I think we think that when we give, we like like the mentality, the like totally. Western t mentality is like then we have less than. Like, I gave this, so if you give someone money, then you don't have that money anymore. But I, it is interesting because I experience that same thing. Like, even just talking to people that are in any sort of need or at any sort of conjuncture where I meet them, um, I always leave with, like, a deeper knowing myself almost, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, this person is, like, just like me. Like, yeah, their situation looks different. Yeah, they looked at their male or whatever, mm -hmm. but they're exactly like me. Like, I struggle like them too, you know, which I think is so beautiful that both, you know, I think the three of us, we all, we do have darker struggles that we are open about. Mm -hmm. That I, I believe that everyone does. Um, some people don't express it or some people may be numb to it. Um, afraid to express it. Yeah, like afraid to express it, exactly. Yeah. But like... It is interesting when we 
put ourselves in the position to like really just see another human, like not their situation. Just like, oh. Totally. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Non-judgmental. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because I like think even about my coaching and this is something uh, Silas and I have talked a lot about, which is like um, affecting other people's wills. Mm -hmm. And it's something I'm very interested in that I has just entered my mind since knowing Silas. But it's like I even think about my coaching, how I just want to sit with people most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like people come to me thinking I'm going to help them, but like they know everything. And if I can mirror it in my presence, or if I can like present a space that's safe enough for them to look at themselves, exactly. then like, then my work is done. That is it. You yeah. know. You're a facilitator. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting trying to like embark upon, like move from the people's mentality when they hire me of like, oh, she's got a fix for me, mm-hmm. to like, actually, we're gonna sit a lot in silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are like, what? <laughs> I'm paying you for silence, you mm-hmm. know? But they get it. Once they start exploring, they get right. it. I yeah. see how it works. That's yeah. Really, that's really revolutionary. Yeah. It's good work. But yeah. would you talk a little bit about Will? Because I just find this conversation fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally view Will as one of the primal mechanics of the universe. I, I believe it comes before the material we exist in. So... I believe uh, light, the light we exist in was actually created by a free will choice, um, which if you're biblical, there's the verse of let there be light. That represents free will being impressed upon love, which is that initial vibration of the universe, um, the word. Um, So that initial vibration became a will that created the light spectrum that we observe and relate to and reflect off of right now. So from that understanding, you can start to think about will as being before um, any catalyst that's occurred. So you have all these situations you end up getting into, Uh, you're making all these choices every day, uh, but those choices that you are making are affected subconsciously which are affected by traditions and rituals and you know the earth's ancient history and rich history Um, that is part of the will of the earth um, and the will of cultures and traditions where we're like a product of that will so now as we're in the light spectrum, observing the larger wills, will cycles um, taking place, um, our free will starts to lie in how we accept the larger wills, um, or if we don't accept it, we fear it, um, and we don't accept the situation, or even the, the smaller uh, weird activity we encounter. It seems to me that our will lies more in our reaction rather than our conscious decisions that we are making every day because those decisions can be influenced by a lot of previous Mm. um, mental behavior like you know it's all um, from a previous catalyst you know 
So our true will actually lies in the reaction that we give to everything. And the, there's only two reactions you can do. It, uh, there's a spect huge spectrum in between that cause all these feelings we experience, but you either love and accept the situation or you'll deny and fear the situation. Mm. Um, totally. So your uh, approach now of sitting with clients and letting them reflect upon you is the best way um, to express your will, your divine will, because you're accepting the situation that they're in, accepting their problems, their issues, whatever they're mm. trying to talk about. Um, and then from that, they are giving you permission to help with whatever they can accept, basically. Mm. They think it's their will and the, all the things they want to do, and they may achieve all that that they want to do and the improvements they want to make of themselves. But really, the healing lies in giving them a mirror of acceptance, and then they'll accept themselves more, um, and they'll heal themselves in whatever way they allow themselves to be healed. Hmm. I love the thought that our reactions are like the thing, because that's kind of the only thing that I do believe we can really control. Right. Most things in life just appear in our mm -hmm. realm. You can call it fate or yeah. luck. I like to differ differentiate between reaction and response. Right. Mm. Because response comes with space. Reaction comes from habit or like robotic mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, yeah. It's that's like, true. Um, it's unconscious. Response is conscious. Totally. You know? Like the pause, when you say space, you mean like the pause before you yeah, do anything? Yeah, the observation you get to, yeah. when, you, when, you, when you can see the whole situation clearly, you respond to it, you don't react to it. Yeah. yeah. And so do you think that you have to be then really grounded walking around life? Because I think about how sometimes when I'm not present or grounded, my perception of things is very different. Totally, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it takes, it takes on a whole nother level of responsibility for your life here of like, if you're not present, then like your perceptions could create something in the outer world that's not real. Mm -hmm. And then you might be in reaction or some sort of response that isn't, I'm going to use the word holy, I don't know, like it's the only word that I can think of, but like that isn't in alignment or something, or maybe it is for that moment, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know, but I think, wow, uh, I think biggest responsibility we have is to practice relaxation and being connected to the breath. I think everything else falls into place after that. Mm -hmm. you know? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, I think... Um, like why, what we, has you think that? <coughs> well, I mean, like, I think being, like, absolutely effective in this life is... comes from a place of acceptance and relaxation, mm. you know? Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. Because, I mean, it, we, we are very powerful creatures, and every action creates a tremendous amount of effect. Right. And I don't yeah. think we anybody could, I mean, it's so hard to even try to comprehend that, like, how big of an effect we have on this world. That we'll have a, we'll have, we'll have a connection if we try to think about it too much. Yeah. Um, I think we'll, you know, you have, you have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I think it's so easy yeah. to be holy. It's so easy. It's the easiest way to live, to be mm. truly connected to your body and to, to remain relaxed 
and to be childlike, to return to that, mm-hmm. and to not not observe ourselves so harshly and so so fearfully and so contracted mm. that we worry about our effect on the world so much. Um, yeah. Because out of a relaxed state and being connected to the breath, we will have a tremendous impact. And um, the mind and the body are one. Mm. I think that's atonement. Mm. So. Yeah. yeah, like full alignment. Yeah, I mean, just us being on the earth is like uh, us having permission to act upon the earth. There's a reason we're here. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously our actions are going to shape the world in many ways we can't foresee. We should not um, limit our actions based upon others' uh, judgment, especially if they're all based on being in the moment and being present for others um, that's where like the moment is truth and then anything if whenever you're not in the moment that w- is what I would call illusion mm. um, totally because like you were saying you, you just start yeah. to create all kinds of thoughts that create how you're going to re- react or respond to stuff and it affects your your actions on the world which usually once you aren't in the moment your your distorted or illusion actions from your crazy thoughts will create worse yeah will create worse uh, catalysts or a snowball effect I feel like sin isn't a isn't a a, um, an act Mm. but a place from which we act Mm -hmm. a place of unpresence Mm -hmm. a place of um Contraction, mm-hmm. missing the mark of not being yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that sin? That's that is missing the mark. yeah 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 the People the word sin yeah is derived from from. I'm not sure. Is it Latin missing the mark? I'm not hmm. sure. I'm not sure either, but it can be translated into missing the mark. Yeah. And I love that. It's great. Yeah, it's like. It takes, like, you know, doing my work, especially in the South, when I was in the South, like, a lot of people are, they get really hung up on their Christian roots. And you, are we all from the South? No. I'm from Kansas. Kansas. That's kind of, well, I'm from Arkansas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm from Detroit. Detroit. Okay, Middle America. We're all from Middle America. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and it's interesting because so many people get really hung up on their Christian beliefs, their upbringing, and feeling like so much shame, like everything they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's so politically powerful. Yeah. To keep people contracted in that way. Yeah. That they get so hung up on the metaphors and the symbols that they don't see where they're pointing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like Alan Watts said it. If um, the fool is the man who climbs the sign instead of going to where it points, mm-hmm. taking things literally, mm-hmm. you know, holding on to what these things are supposed to be symbolizing instead of yeah. seeing it as a metaphor. Right. I don't know. They yeah. are literally symbols, which is an illusion, I would say. Like, And those symbols are tied to beliefs, which I would say are also an illusion because belief takes you away from the moment. Um, as you encounter stuff, your beliefs will make you judge that situation rather than accept the situation, which is dividing you from the moment. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. 
yeah, it's interesting because, like, as I grapple with my own feelings of, like, being a bad person, like, when I can think about the things that I've done that kind of, like, give, I would say, give air to that fire, um, it's interesting because I can break it apart and it, it, it can be, like, in this moment, none of that exists. Right. So in each moment, we actually have the opportunity to, and uh, in A Course in Miracles, they call it the holy instant, but it's like, um, we get to be in the holy instant, or we can be trapped by these, like, things of our past, whether it's beliefs or actions or whatever it is, um, perceptions, um, opinions, I mean, like, the list goes on, and so, like, it's awesome because in this moment as I connect to like this, to like looking at both of you in the eyes and like being with you, like I can understand my holiness mm-hmm. versus like when I'm alone and I can think about all the bad things I've done, right? Like list them off almost. Mm-hmm. And I, I make this joke. Um, I've been thinking about going to seminary um, and just to like learn more and keep going down the path and and I keep thinking, like, am I doing this to almost, like, right my wrongs? Like, I feel this, like, desire almost to devote my life to this thing, to, like, this calling. And sometimes it feels truth, like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. At other times it feels like, oh, I have done wrong and I need to right my wrong. And I was telling both Xavier and Silas before we made this podcast that, like, I've been reclusive lately. And, like, I've been wanting to recluse because... If I recluse, then, like, I'm not out in the world harming people. I'm not out in the world. I can't, quote, unquote, mess up to, like, create more issue in the world. But something that I've been playing with, which I'm in this seminar right now, and something that they've been saying is, like, if you move your finger, you move the universe. Mm -hmm. So if you, like, move your finger, you're moving everything. So it doesn't matter if I'm out on the streets with friends mm-hmm. or if I'm in my apartment seething You're affecting I'm affecting everything yeah and it's like it's such a beautiful thing to like be reconnected to so right. thank you yeah, yeah. we were talking about being with people instead of being by yourself and Jesus Christ said where two or more gathered I will be there mm. he's here <laughs> what exists between you know it's the yeah the, the um the source, the connection um, exists, you know, it's in what we have with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and the more and more we open up to each other, the more we open up to our creator. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, all he was doing is uh, giving people an excuse to forgive themselves and heal themselves. So mm-hmm. he knew what was going on and he was able to always heal himself forgive himself mm-hmm. even when he would he would still do things that were aggressive like turning over the money table you know mm-hmm. in the church or whatever and I could do that to some bankers yeah so <laughs> sure. he was able to forgive himself in that moment because he knew he was already forgiven and everyone is already forgiven for their actions because although you do affect other people their will lies in their reaction so if they react Mm. poorly to you that is their will Mm. um 
in your will is how you react to your own actions as well. So if you can forgive mm-hmm. yourself, you'll consistently heal yourself of your actions. Mm-hmm. If others can learn to do the same um, for others and themselves, obviously I would not want anyone to judge my actions all the time so I don't do that to others. Uh, and it allows for forgiveness when you stop approaching the situation as if you're gonna you're gonna kind of you know judge it with your beliefs and mm-hmm. your everything you're tied up to because you won't forgive yourself mm-hmm. of those past beliefs or interactions or whatever the case may be so how do you forgive yourself this is the question yeah It's, we have to anchor ourselves it's in, all in, your work. In, that, in that awareness. We have to see ourselves above those stock formations that come through. Yeah, and, and like we've been talking like about. Child, like, a, like a wounded child. Yeah, giving. As you give more, you open up more space within. Um, yeah. And point. that space is where you'll find that forgiveness, I'd say. Wow. And you, as you serve others, you get more and more space within to observe and be with and accept and that space will allow more uh, catalysts that you need but it'll also forgive the past that you need to let go mm. and I think clutching to materiality possessions really dwindles inner space right mm. it, crowds, it crowds us spiritually mm. um, yeah and I think yeah it definitely stunts any possibility of connection. Mm. Um, that's maybe it's whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, forgiveness is a tough one because you, we, we all have like an easy or easier time forgiving others, mm-hmm. you know, for stuff they've done to us when there's enough time that's passed, whatever. Um, but we hardly ever will forgive ourselves and Mm. just the more you can actively forgive others you'll work towards forgiving yourself because you'll see like well if I can forgive others whatever I'm guilty about they could forgive me as well because usually our guilt lies in how we've affected others and Mm. how we've hurt others uh, or even ourselves yeah Um, so I would say like the path to forgiveness is actively finding stuff to forgive outside yourself mm. and eventually Build that the strength yeah you'll have the strength to start to study the space within mm. that is all the tied to forgiveness beautiful thing about this whole thing is, is like i feel like jesus said he freed the world of sin from his perspective mm-hmm. so he lifted the load on the collective conscious a little bit and a lot to allow us more strength and the more people that choose love over fear and forgiveness Mm. the easier we make it on each other Mm. so Mm -hmm. I can free the world from sin from my perspective because I can choose to see that everyone is doing their best Mm -hmm. at all times even if it looks like they're in you know writhing hell Mm -hmm. yeah um I could choose love. I could choose acceptance. Yeah. And I can lighten the load on all y'all. Mm-hmm. We can have a better time with life. Yeah. Totally. 
that's that's the ultimate battle really is yeah. the inward choice of the battle of love or fear um, that guy you know I ran into he was t in that tight thought loop but it was like I try to be nice so love mm. but I'll choke somebody and that's the fear part yeah so he actually yeah. is more aware of that battle than most of the people in the world which blew my mind that he was so consciously aware of that thought choice of yeah even though like it was a tight loop of a thought it's the kernel of what we are all going through the yeah. battle of light and dark within so yeah. if we can forgive other darkness in others no, realizing that's within ourselves, um, then that will start that chain of forgiveness, and that allows everyone to choose light much more than darkness mm. more consistently. Yeah, like two things are coming up. Like one of my favorite definitions of forgiveness is selective remembering. Hmm. Yeah. Like choosing to remember. Like you don't have to remember it all. Like right. you choose what you remember. That's true. And. So to selective remember, it's like you can see this person as a human and you don't have to remember the things that they necessarily yelled at you mm -hmm. or whatever. And the other thing that I think, you know, forgiveness and healing, I'm, you know, I kind of stray away from certain words because I think that they're really, um, people aren't being responsible for their usage of them. Um, but I deeply believe that healing is just remembering who you are. And forgiveness is the same mm -hmm. like when we remember who we are we have no choice to but to forgive ourselves right. and so it's like it's almost this like intertangled web of like maybe this life is just the purpose of it is to remember who we are mm -hmm. and in doing that we embody truth and then walking that truth in the world allows us to be present with others and to show others who they are, which then ripples, 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 ripples. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful for me to think about. We live to forget what we die to remember. Mm. We live to forget what we die to remember. You know, death doesn't have to be physical either. Yeah. It's actually, you know, we, we change. The, life is death. Yeah. It's constantly, constant fluctuation. It's constant. Every day. In and out. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. constant shedding. Yeah. The better we can get at that, and the more we learn to breathe it out and dance with it, the better we get at living. Mm -hmm. I so agree. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's yeah. Actually, there's nothing to be afraid of. Totally. You can't lose what you are. Right. Totally. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um,. If you guys have any comments or any anything that you want to share from this podcast, if anything comes up for you or arises, please feel free to write me on my contact form at KimberlyCoaching.com. You can find out more about this podcast. I can send you more information. We would love to support you in whatever way so that you can process and explore these concepts even deeper for yourselves. Thank you so much, Silas, Xavier. Mm -hmm. um, and we're sending you all love. Yes. Love, love, love. Love, 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 love.